Hey, what's up? Not much. <laughs> We're listening to Alex play a demon game in the other room. Yes, our uh, boyfriends play video games together while we record, and they're currently playing one where they have to, like, hunt for ghosts. Yeah, they're ghost hunters. I guess sometimes it ends up being a demon. Well, there's, like, eight different things. Oh. They're all, like, supernatural. Like, there are ghosts. There's, like, a banshee. There's demons. Okay. And then they've got to, like, do certain, like, experiments to figure out which one it is. And then they figure out how to get rid of it or die, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Ian's died. I know that much. This is what Alex told me. And Ian has no money because every time you die, you lose all of your money. Whoops. So Ian's broke at that game. (laughs) Doing his best, I'm sure. (laughs) Well, this is Luminot Cocktail. Not about demons or ghosts. No. I mean, we do have episodes about people who claim to be possessed by demons. Have we? feel like we have have we had a possession episode if we haven't i'm sure we will add it to our little uh <laughs> ideas list I'm going to i have seance on there there you go it's all interconnected in the spirit world i, I feel like a lot of people are yelling at you like that's so wrong this woman <laughs> is incorrect and you guys are probably right mm. i'm sorry i'm not very well versed in the spirit world it's not your fault except for my time in the cult I don't know how that went. <laughs> I mean, they super believe in spirits in the cults. Mm-hmm. Demons are definitely a thing. Angels are definitely a thing. But they believe that, like, demons can, like, physically torture you, basically. Keep saying more words. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep adding them. I can. There was one time, there was a story. They were like, oh, yeah, we had to go for counseling for this woman. She would sit down. And whenever she would put her feet on the ground, scratch marks would appear on her legs. But there's nothing there scratching her. And she was like, oh, it's demons scratching her legs. Was it just her? I don't know. Well, because, like, if I'm not mistaken, like, you can do things in your sleep also. But I'm pretty sure that if you believe something enough, your, your brain can actually, like... Feel the pain. Feel pain, yeah. And I'm pretty sure, like, at some points, like, even create, like markings yeah i don't know like like bruises basically i honestly didn't believe very much of it because i was like this guy is full of shit he's just telling us this because he's trying to scare us well i just added counselors demons angels ghosts and possession all to the ideas good job by me (laughs) that's why i was like just keep talking i will (laughs) hashtag cult life Mm -hmm. great fodder for a true crime podcast. You know, I mean, really is. Truly, truly is. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. It's true. So, I got blue light glasses. You do. They're, like, very round. And my face is round, so I'm not sure about it. But, you know. I like the case. Thanks. I need a case for mine. Honestly, so I ordered, like, three things from Amazon. Mm-hmm. And they were like, one package has arrived. And I was like, damn, I wonder what it's going to be. And it was all three of my things in one package. Oh, even nice. though I ordered them at separate times and paid for them with separate cards. Jeffrey Bezos. You did it. You did it. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'm glad they came with a case. That's I've nice. I've been spending so much time working on want, my computer. I want, I want different styles. Yeah. Because I don't get to wear glasses. Yeah. Well, my eyes are fine. No, my eyes are super <laughs> fine, too. I just get well, really bad headaches. Yeah. But like, it's like I get to have glasses. Right. Like, I get to be one of those people now. Yeah. <laughs> I get to be a smart person who wears glasses. Yeah, although since I, since I um took the preschool job, anytime I have them on, Alex is like, just got that sexy teacher thing yeah. going. I was like, see, now I don't like them. <laughs> now I feel gross and icky. <laughs> <laughs> How about like a sexy substitute teacher? Still, I'm over here writing away about tests or fucking crime. It's not sexy. It's, it's sad. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Also, I apologize if my voice is a little creaky. I've got some tracheal irritation. So. You honestly sound fine. Okay, good. You don't sound any different. I'm worried. That I'm going to, like, have a big crack. Like, the other day, we <laughs> were it, at the pool. lubed up in there. <laughs> yeah. The other day, we were at the pool. Ian's mom just put in a pool in her backyard. Looks very nice. It's fucking amazing. And it has a heater and a cooler. Nice. It was fantastic. 
and he was like asking me something and i was like yes and then i was like fuck where did that come from and he was like i'm sorry are you going through puberty and i was like yes <laughs> yes i am apparently that's funny yeah so the I'm pool does look really nice it was great it also has seats built into it why not it looks really pretty too from like the picture that you posted. She has it. a beautifully landscaped backyard. Yeah, I was gonna say the garden's fantastic. She has done all herself. So and Does she still have the Yeah, she has a nursery. Okay. It's she just like her backyard is amazing and it is. It it, it belongs to someone who, who has a nursery. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Basically. Like that is the kind of backyard she does need to have to Yeah, be and a she's got a pool owner. to add to it. Lots of plants. She's all getting there where the she place. could be like in better homes and gardens. Oh, she definitely could. <laughs> so. Like, there's a roadmap. She might not be ready for it, you know, but. But she could be. She could. <laughs> but, uh, no, you sound fine. Thanks. Nothing. I'm just going to keep drinking my water. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what else. Another great Amazon find. What? Your little water oh, bottle. Oh, They're so cute. Jeffrey Bezos. Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> Fucking piece of shit. It's really sad because I, I own a small business. <laughs> I know. I try. Um, I also own a small business that I'll talk about for my I would, yeah, uh, didn't wanna weekly verdict. And force yeah, you into a corner there. <laughs> my, my big thing has been like I'm ordering off Etsy. Yeah. And I'm like. Fuck. I try to do that for gifts. If it's like yeah. fucking plastic water bottles, I'm like gonna pay a shit ton of money if i get this from etsy yeah (laughs) so if i don't have to i choose not to but there's a lot of time where i do prefer to have that yeah small business touch absolutely the things like that you're using for your business and the things that like yeah all the money stuff that goes in my my melts are all from etsy i love getting gifts off of etsy yeah. Like, I feel like it's so much more personal. Yeah. Like, not everyone can just go find this. There's also exactly. tons of options. Like, I have to take time. Exactly. I have to think about this thing and say, you know what would be really cool if I can find X, Y, and Z for this person? Because I think they really like it. Mm-hmm. Like, for Mother's Day this year, like, obviously, yeah, like, I got wax melts from your business. Mm-hmm. But then I also got um, a little trio of scented candles for Soren, and it was all the different locations in Soren, and I was able to get it from my aunt. She was like, "This is amazing. Where did you find it?" I was like, "Etsy." That's true. Etsy's really good. Etsy is good, but just in case you guys don't know, there's a little PSA. If you want to buy something, don't click on the links on Facebook and buy it through there. Oh yeah, because then they take more of the store's money. They do. But if you click on the link, find out what store it is, leave it. Clear out your browser history, and then in like a new tab, type in Etsy and type in the store and find the thing you want to buy. They get more of the money because if you get it through like Facebook or an ad, they take more money out of their sale Boo. for the cost of the ad. So, yeah. Pro tip there. It's a good one. It's a small business helping tip. It's true. Which is important. Very true. So, <laughs> I'm not an Etsy, but very true. <laughs> Neither am I. I enjoy Etsy, except one time I was trying to buy a butterfly puddler for Ian's mom, Okay, which is just like this little, basically what it is, is it's like stones and they have very shallow, um, oh, yes, 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 yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, so that butterflies can come up and either drink out of them or you put like salt water in it, that way like this salt gets deposited on the stone, that way they can get the minerals from it, Mm -hmm. and there were only like two people on Etsy that had them. That feels like maybe an Amazon thing. I got it from Uncommon Goods, actually. Okay. <laughs> Uncommon Goods. That's how, honestly, like, I had seen ads for Uncommon Goods, but I was like, I don't know what this is about. Uncommon Goods is also quite good. Good. Good to know. We have so, all of our shopping opportunities. <laughs> if you can't find it on Etsy, check out Uncommon Goods. And if you can't find it on there, then go to Amazon. Ready to take a break? Yeah. Question mark? Yeah, we can take a break. Okay. All right, for the case file, we are talking about home invasions. Which. Yes. Are like that time in Home Alone. 
where Kevin was home alone, and then the two guys broke in. That would be a home invasion. That would be a home invasion of epic proportions. I did not pick one that was that um, lighthearted. Mine is twisty and turny. Oh. So. How fun. There's there's a surprise twist at the end. Mm. Uh, Who are you talking about? I am talking about the uh, Blake Davis case. I don't know what that is. Yep. It's no from, idea. It's from Australia. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I'm gonna butcher the fuck out of this name. I'm excited. <laughs> I am um talking about the Hinter Kai Feck massacre. We'll just stick with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the quote for this week is: "You should fight like hell if you get attacked on the street or in your home." The old thinking was, especially with women, submit, give in, maybe the guy will give you a break and not kill you. Now, maybe you will get raped, but at least you'll have the satisfaction of knowing you didn't just lie down and take it. And that is Connie Fletch, What Cops Know. Jesus. Which I believe is a book. I don't like that. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is. You're right. And today we are drinking strawberry peach sangria. Tastes good to me. Delicious. As I said. Uh, one to ten. With one being the best and ten being the worst. Yes. (laughs) I would rate this. It doesn't take me a moment. As a seven. Six or a seven. So you don't like this. Number oh, fuck. One. I fucked it up. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Hold you on. said that so calm. I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> You're like, wow, I guess you really hate it, Tiffany. No. Can't fine. imagine what you would rate it the other ones. <laughs> uh, 4.5 or a 3. Okay. Solid 3. More appropriate. <laughs> uh, I would give it a... I'll give it a 2. Okay. It's pretty good. Okay. It's really good summer. Yes. Which is I unfortunate, because think... I believe this episode is live... Not in the summer. <laughs> so. Well, if you're missing summer, this will be a great drink for you. Oh, there you go. That's a great idea. To kind of bring it back. Maybe turn up the heat in your house. I don't think it'll be or that far. find a really sunny window to sit in while you drink it. There we go. Kind of like what I'm doing right now. Um, <laughs> uh, I have a really quick fun fact. Yes. Which is, sangria was first introduced to the U.S. when it was brought to the 1964 World's Fair in New York City by Alberto Harris, I believe is how you say that. All right. That's pretty much it. But that's, we didn't have sangria here until the 60s. Wow. Yeah. We were missing out. I know. I like a good sangria. Yeah, you can pretty much get whatever flavor you're going for with sangria. It's true. If you don't like wine. And it's so seasonal. It really it's the other is. thing. It's so easy and seasonal. It's great for parties. <laughs> it is great for parties, and it makes you feel like you're, like, a little bit fancy because you, like, put forth some effort, mm-hmm. but, like, not too much. That no. you've had and everyone's always like, oh, it's so good. It's oh, so refreshing. It's so refreshing. <laughs> like a nice spritzer. Yeah. Exactly that. All right. Well, I get to go first. And I get to lean back and drink my sangria. I'm so happy for you. I'm happy for me, too. (laughs) Nearly a week before March 31st, 1922, farmer Andreas Gruber noticed footsteps leading from the woods behind his farmstead and towards his home. Also, from my understanding, cave... What did I say? Cave... Cave or whatever? The name of this place? So that's a town. This farm is behind the town, and I guess behind in German is Hinter. So that's why it's Hinter Kfeck or whatever. Oh, it is. yeah, that's kind of cool. So, so I'm probably really butchering that, but sorry about it. <laughs> I'm doing my best. We could make it easier. So their farm, set and home, are behind this town. Okay. And so he found uh, he found some footsteps leading towards his home and farm. Curiously enough, there were no footprints in. The snow, I believe, that led away from the home. Oh. I don't know if it was snow or whatever, but... Uh, Andreas did not report the footsteps. He didn't... He wasn't concerned about it. 
as the area was pretty quiet and a safe place. They live kind of in the middle of nowhere, so. Right, like, who's going to be out here that's actually going to cause us a problem? Exactly. However, had Andres reported it, he and his family may have avoided the gruesome and mysterious crime that befell them. Dun-dun-dun. Getting really good at this. <laughs> I like it. Building the suspense. Yeah, adding the drama. Exactly. Okay. On March 31st, an unknown person or persons convinced each of the six members of the Gruber family to their deaths. Oh. Yeah. Andreas, his wife, uh, uh, Cassia, their daughter, adult daughter, Victoria, Mm -hmm. and their granddaughter, young Cassila, were slaughtered inside the barn with a pickaxe. Oh, God, that's a terrible way to go. Let you just I'm just gonna you're just marinate on that one. That one. <laughs> Thanks. The family maid, Maria, and the Groover's grandson, Joseph, were murdered inside the home in their bedchambers. Around April 4th, a search party assembled looking for the Groover family, um, since young Cassilia didn't attend school after a couple days. And the mailman noticed their mail was piling up, and it wasn't so much a concern that first couple of days because this family kind of kept to themselves. They're farmers. They're further away from town than other people. Mm-hmm. But after a couple of days, they're like, this is still kind of odd that no one has seen or heard from them. She's not going to school. Right. Like, this is suspicious. Yeah. They go to the farm to look and see if the family is there. And upon the discovery of the grisly crime, the search party immediately calls police. By the way, if no one wants to listen, forward like 30 seconds probably. The elder Cassilia had her skull cracked from multiple blows to the head and did show signs of strangulation. Victoria had her skull shattered with signs of being hit in the face with a blunt object. Young Cassilia had her jaw shattered with slashing wounds covering her face and neck. The bodies had been covered by hay inside the barn while the maid and baby Joseph appeared to have died fairly quickly after a number of blows to the head and face and were covered by a sheet and dress. Not in the barn. Like, they're inside the house. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't find anything specific about Andreas and how he was attacked. I'm assuming very similar, though. Yeah. Being hit in the face and all that. So, according to the initial investigation, most of the victims had died instantly from their wounds. But after a later investigation, it revealed that young Cassilia had survived for hours after her attack and likely died from shock. When they found her body, she was missing clumps of hair. Oh, God. And so, according to this later investigation, while she survived and was in shock, she actually was pulling out clumps of her hair because she was found with hair in her hands. Yeah. So they don't think the attacker did that. Mm-hmm. They think that she did that to herself, just processing everything. Yeah. Um, despite the horrifying fates of the Groovers, the search party found the farm animals and the family dog pretty okay. Like, taken care of even. Huh. So not only were they unharmed, they had been fed and tended to in the days between the murders and the discovery of their bodies. That's a weird, insert Cardi B voice. Smoke had been seen coming from the chimney during those days as well. That's suspicious. Suggesting that the murderer had been living at the farmstead. No thanks. (laughs) Police suspected that robbers had broken in. However, uh, large sums of money were found within the home during the investigation. So that pretty much was like not the reason. The investigation also revealed that the maid who had worked before Maria had quit six months before the murders due to her hearing voices and believing the house was haunted. Andreas thought that her idea were just based on superstitions and didn't give her a lot of support. Yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. So, not only was this house haunted, but also one of the two family house keys disappeared i don't know this journey for us (laughs) so after police discovered all of this information yeah they were pretty much like decided that it could only mean one thing 
Whoever the murderer was must have been living inside the home for more than six months before killing the Gruber family. And for anybody who knows me, that's basically my worst fear. Yeah, yeah. And like, imagine people living where, in the walls, the, people living in the attic. That's where they're pretty sure this person lived. Yep. Yeah. Also, there was another thing. So, missing key, footprints, hearing voices. Um, there was also a magazine from somewhere else. Close-ish, but not, like, in town. Or a newspaper or something like that. And Andreas was like, I don't remember buying that. Yeah. So why is it in our house? And again, just like, not a big deal. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I, after the footprints, I would have been like, all right, this is pretty much like Fucking after, like, I hear voices in this house. Well, I don't know if, if the family did or if just the maid did. I don't care. Because the maid's if the one who did. believed that. And Yeah, if anybody hears voices while they're in my house, I'm going to be like, all right, everybody stay here and turn on every fucking light in this place. And also somebody FaceTime or call somebody else and let them know what's going on. 1922. Okay, send them a telegram <laughs> that we're hearing voices in the house and we're going to go fucking exploring. And if anything happens a to us. A singing telegram. It means that someone was fucking in my house. Yep. Well, police interviewed suspects such as a man who claimed to be the father of widowed Victoria's son, Joseph. Though everyone was eventually cleared of the murders. They also suspected Andreas of being the murderer in that he killed his entire family with a pickaxe and then himself with one. However, they were pretty quick, like, oh, that probably didn't happen. Yeah, no, I feel like uh, <laughs> that's going to be a no. Yeah. I don't, I, I believe the reason was because the wounds on him did not appear to be self-inflicted wounds. Right. Yeah. So... Police eventually got to the point where they were pretty sure, based on the brutality of the murders, whoever killed them likely had a grudge against them. Yeah, because they were fucking living in his house. Something, I don't know. So, at that point, that being the final conclusion of this is unsolved, but we're pretty sure this is why the person did it or whatever. There was only one avenue left. Psychics. Of course. Dude, get ready for this. Great. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm pumped for this. Okay. So when I read this, I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? The heads of the Gruber family members were removed and sent to clairvoyance to unearth metaphysical clues in order to solve the investigation. Yes, that seems entirely reasonable. It gets so much better. The clairvoyants, of course, were unsuccessful. Of course. And upon sending them back, the heads were lost during the chaos no! of World War II. They lost their fucking heads. That's so Or someone fucked, has them. <laughs> That's so fucked. Yep. Well. I just, well. <laughs> when I read that, I was just like, she what the says. fuck? Well. The headless bodies were eventually buried in the cemetery in a nearby town. The farmstead was destroyed after all evidence could be collected from it. A monument was placed near where the farmstead was as, you know, a monument to the victims. Yes. In 2007, which I did look up how to pronounce this, but oh boy. The Philston Fenbrook Police Academy took on these murders as a cold case. Okay. With the... And, I mean, they lost the fucking heads. Right. So, evidence was also lost. Um, the death of various suspects also played a part in making it very difficult to further the investigation. Yeah. And also the less than ideal initial investigation have all really had some setbacks. Yes. But, because uh, of those, they were unable to conclusively solve the case. But... They did come up with a very strong theory. Yes. Unfortunately, it's being kept private. What the fuck is the point of that? Well, it's because it's out of respect to the families of those involved, both the relatives, like, descendants of the Grubers, because they would still be alive, you know? Right. (laughs) Like, that family tree didn't just die with them. Right. Um, And also of the suspects that... If they're dead, it would really be hard to, like, investigate and interrogate. To say. Right. So, as such, the Hinterkaifeck murders 
remain and may always remain unsolved if they never share their theory. That's rude. But that is my lovely home invasion story. Why even say that you have a theory if you're not going to share what it is? And that was in, like, 2007. And That's I'm pretty rude. sure I, didn't, I couldn't find a fucking bit of it current. Let me just double check. Uh, yeah, pretty much everything says it's unsolved. Nice. That they're working on it. Great. Glad for them. They're working on it, but they won't talk to anybody about it. Which is rude. Well, they're being respectful. Yes, yes, they are. But I want to know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously. I wonder where their heads went. That is the real <laughs> mystery I am here. more concerned about that. Like, did they get lost? Like, or did someone did someone take them? them? Also, were they like put in jars of like yeah, like how, how do were they you preserved? Safely transport a head. <laughs> I have a lot of questions there, especially in those times, nineteen twenties. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, how do you do it now? But really, how do you do it then? Formaldehyde. Some vinegar. Just pickle them. I was going to say, pickle that head. (laughs) I just want to know, like, were they lost or did someone steal them? Because it feels like someone probably stole them. Kind of feels like someone stole them. Yeah. Which is fucked up. That's unfortunate. That's Germany for you. Well. I'm never going to look at Epcot the same way (laughs) after all of this. (laughs) Pour one out for the homies (laughs) in every country. Honestly, though. I'm getting there. (laughs) Well, the country that mine is from Mm -hmm. is not, they don't have a place for it in Epcot. Well, not unless it's the Food and Wine Festival. It's true. At that point, I don't know if I want to go to a booth and pour one out for my homies. (laughs) For Australia? Shrimp on the Barbie. Done. They also had some pretty good drinks. Mm Mm-hmm. That was the only reason why we really went. (laughs) I love that food, though. Anyways, Mm -hmm. in this case, things are going to get a little silly. Still tragic, but a little silly. A little bit of Home Alone. Well, Okay, making a face. You said a little silly. (laughs) It's silly. Anyways, I'm just going to jump right in. In 2015, a rapper named Ski Paz put on a black ski mask got a fake gun, and along with another rapper named Papateer, he acted out being a corrupt police officer holding people at gunpoint while his identity was concealed. Bold. (laughs) This video was meant to raise awareness for those affected by police corruption in New South Wales, which, you know, good cause. But... What people would have had no way of knowing was the exceptionally unfortunate foreshadowing this video was. So, Ski Paz, whose birth name was Jet McKee, put work in, but was never more than a small-time rapper. He has an EP that he released in 2015 on Spotify, but it just didn't quite take off. His music got a little more popularity on Apple, but... Like, it was specifically his collaborations with bigger artists. I took a look just to see if there were differences from what I was seeing, like, in articles. Uh, But, like, on Spotify, there's two different profiles for him. The first one is for, like, his collaborations with other artists, which, okay, good. The other, like, profile or whatever is him and his EP, and it's, like, zero monthly listeners. His music wasn't exactly shooting him to superstardom. Did you listen to any of it? No, I did not. You couldn't? Okay. No, I don't know if you could find... Oh, no, you can stream it on Apple. Oh, okay. And on Spotify still. I just chose to not. No, it's fine. I was just curious. I don't know if you were going to have a fun little bit like uh, I did. With, no. With one family. No, no, no. <laughs> All of that being said, he did not let his lack of commercial success slow down his production of mu- new music. And even if he wasn't releasing new music directly under himself, he was constantly collaborating with other artists. Now, unfortunately, there are plenty of things that are considered to be synonymous with the rap scene. Two of those being drugs and gambling. 
Jet was very active in gambling circles. And even though gambling isn't completely illegal in all areas of Australia, uh, he still was, like, constantly losing money. He also became addicted to ice, which is another name for crystal meth, which I didn't know. They're like, he was an ice user, and I was like, same. What does that mean? (laughs) And as we all know, meth is one hell of a drug and can cause massive personality shifts. Just eats holes in your brain. Yeah. Something else we know from previous cases is that people who suffer from addiction often make unwise life choices. Usually in the name of getting their next hit. This is true. This is true indeed. Yeah. There's some there's some science there, but... You know. <laughs> it's not my favorite part about it. No. It's, it's not your area of expertise. Now, the combination of gambling and drug addiction... Uh, yeah is what led Jet to making some tough choices. He and a friend were out gambling at Star Casino, which, fun fact, is the second largest casino in Australia. According to Google, anyways. (laughs) They lost $30,000 in one night there. Which is a lot. I pay off my student loan debt right? with that. <laughs> I'm like, the one time I went to an honest-to-God casino, I gave myself $50. I've never been to a casino. And I was like, this is how much you get to spend here. I also, because otherwise... I'm, yeah, no, I'm not a big gambler, so even if I was in a casino, I don't think I would really enjoy that. Just that that's... I'm, I'm not a risk taker. I did it for the sake of doing it. Like, I would do what you did. Yeah. Like, I would be like, okay, like, I have this money set aside. Yep. Whatever, that's fine. I'm not gonna go sit down and, like... Lose everything. <laughs> exactly. That's not and like once my fifty dollars were gone, I was like, "Well, that's, that's it. it. Time yeah. to go home." Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can give me all the mimosas they would like to, though. All day long. I think you have to sit at like the high roller table for that. And <laughs> I don't think either of us can really get there. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So Jet and his friend tried to think of ways they could recoup some of their money as quickly as possible. Stop gambling. Well. I'm going to guess no. (laughs) No. They decided that the quickest way they could regain the money they'd lost was to rob a drug dealer. Surely, a drug dealer would have a lot of unmarked cash, and they may also get lucky and score some ice at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, their first target was successful and proved that they had the right idea. They robbed a drug dealer and got $10,000 in cash, along with a decent amount of drugs. Unfortunately, Jet almost immediately gambled his half of the cash away. And was left right back at square one. So, he decided he should just do another robbery. Okay. (laughs) You think one was enough, Jet? (laughs) Also, at this time, he has a fiancé who is pregnant. With their child. Oh, good. And he's like, let me just rob some drug dealers. Right. Yeah. This is fantastic. Yeah. So this time, Jet decided he should go it alone so he didn't have to, you know, split what he gets. So he picked his target and just started prepping. He'd heard that Blake Davis sold weed and kept cash reserves at his home. Blake Davis was an aspiring actor in Sydney. He'd had a few recurring roles in different shows from 2009 to 2012, but since then had just been one-off roles here and there. He and his girlfriend, Hannah Quinn, were home together on August 10th, 2018, when Jet decided to make his move. He took massive amounts of meth, got brass knuckles, a fake gun, and a black ski mask, and decided to I'm going to be honest, this could be, like, a Florida man story. <laughs> the more you details you give, the more I'm just like, mm. Australian man. This feels familiar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Jet rushed into the home. Okay. Yep. 
bold. He just kind of wa- was fast. like, sup, dudes. I don't know if I heard. So the people he's robbing, are they also drug dealers or are they just... Blake is a weed dealer. Okay, so yes, so... drug dealer, but small time. But not like... Yeah. Got it. Okay. Not out driving Range Rovers. He's cause... probably not going to have, like, tons of meth and... Exactly. Okay, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So he rushes in and is immediately faced by Hannah and Blake. At this point, Jet had a choice on how to proceed. He could try and force them to give up all the cash that he thought they had. Uh-huh. Or he could grab Hannah's purse that was easily within reach. Okay. Hannah spoke first in the situation, saying, quote, Who the fuck are you? Which I think is a super chill response to someone just being in your house in a black ski mask. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Very chill. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Jet responded, quote, give me all your fucking money or I'll kill you. At which point Blake jumped into the convo saying, there's no money here. Jet was not happy about this. So he kicked up his threat saying, people know where your fucking family lives. Give me all your fucking money or we'll kill your family too. So going big with the threats. Yeah. Looking for this money. But Hannah and Blake were like, we don't have money here. So Jet finally decided to give up, go with the path of least resistance, and take Hannah's purse before turning and running to the street. Mm-hmm. When he ran, Hannah ran after him. Oh, okay. Because she was like, this motherfucker's stealing my purse, mm-hmm. and I want that. She was shouting about somebody robbing their house, telling him to drop her bag, all those things in the hopes that, like, people would see what was going on. Mm -hmm. He'd drop her bag, and this would all just be an unfortunate memory. So Blake had a much different response. He had been previously gifted a metal samurai sword. All right. Yeah. He just took it off its holder, and followed Hannah in pursuit of the thief in his underwear. Blake, fueled by adrenaline, quickly caught up with Jet, He and he raised the samurai sword and struck Jet with it right in the head. Okay. Jet took a few more steps trying to continue his retreat, but the blood loss and trauma to his brain was too much for him to continue. Yeah. And Jet McKee died in the streets from his wounds. Whew. Yeah. Told you it was twisty. That's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. We got a samurai sword. <laughs> yes. Again, feels like it could be in Florida. <laughs> yes. Dude chases other dude in his underwear with, with a, a samurai, samurai sword. sword. Absolutely a headline. <laughs> yes. So, because Jet died, Blake and Hannah were arrested. Okay. And their trial was pretty intense. I didn't realize, well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. It's not in your house anymore. I was going to say, and he was retreating actively. Well, (laughs) we know how that goes here. Yes. So even though Jet had broke into their home and threatened them, since Blake had still fatally struck him, it was just like, there were tons of back and forth about Blake's motives. Like, why the fuck did he kill this dude? Of course, both Blake and Hannah maintained that it was all self-defense and related to the adrenaline of the moment. Like... Like a crime of passion? Basically. They're like, we obviously didn't take time to... Like emotions clouded their judgment Exactly. We didn't take time to say, oh, hold on, grab your sword real fast so you can kill this guy in your underwear and don't even put shoes on. Because they both just kind of like hauled ass out of the house. So they were being robbed and being threatened... Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So they used this along with testimony of friends to try and prove that the actions that day were out of character and were purely a result of Jet's home invasion. They also used the fact that Blake was actually currently undergoing treatment for anxiety and PTSD Mm. due to previous traumatic experiences in his life. Which they say probably contributed to the fact that he pursued Jet once he was leaving. That makes sense. Now, Jet's family sees it in a much different way. Okay. Yeah. Jet's fiance, Avril Bowers, loudly protested the defense of Blake Davis. She argued that the things he said on the stand 
like the careful words about how they were so shaken that day seemed rehearsed. And she loudly voiced her opinion that the way that Jet died was them attacking him in a cowardly way. She's adamant that while Jet made a mistake, he would have served his jail time like a man and he would have moved past it and grown had they given him the chance. Okay. The pro-Jet side of the crowd also points out what Blake and Hannah did after the samurai sword incident. After returning home, they immediately got a gold imitation pistol, multiple sets of nunchucks, two cell phones, and over $20,000 in cash that they had in their house and just stashed it in a go bag for an undisclosed reason. Are you sure we're not in Florida? Right. Okay. <laughs> they never came clean with an answer that investigators thought was legit as to why they gathered all those items together. Yeah. But to me, between, like, the money and the phones, it was kind of like a DTFO buy bag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in any case, when Hannah Quinn was tried for murder, the judge directed the jury to find her not guilty as there was not sufficient evidence to convict her of murder, seeing as how it happened all in broad daylight in a short period of time. They're kind of like, they didn't have time to sit and plot, hold on, grab that sword so that you can run after yeah. him and kill him. So he's like, she is not not responsible for this at all. Yeah, I don't know how she could be also. Yeah, she was eventually charged as an accessory after the fact due to tampering with the crime scene. Okay. But that's all that she was charged with. Blake Davis was charged with manslaughter and was sentenced to five years and three months for the death of Jet McKee. To this day, there are still arguments about who was right and what actually happened. One thing everyone can agree is that seeing a dude running around with boxers with a samurai sword is wild AF. Like, <laughs> something. <laughs> that's like every single article is like in his boxers with a samurai sword. But yeah. That's the story of the home invasion of Blake Davis and Hannah Quinn and the murder of Jet McKee. All right. It's a wild ride. That was. From start to finish. It was all over the place. That's what I'm saying. I had a different one picked, and then I saw this one, and I was like, hold on, what? <laughs> that was good. Yeah. And I had never, I had never heard of it. And yeah. I was also like, how have I, how has this not been a bigger thing? Right. No, that's, that's. Whenever I say that's good, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's not well known. <laughs> it's not, um, it's not like a serial killer. Right. Also, like, all the stuff they put together, all those items, like, they put it in an old Uber Eats bag, like, trying to hide it. It wasn't, like, in a backpack or anything. It was, like, in a bag of trash, essentially. Okay. So they were really trying to keep some things concealed. Yeah. Like it. But, Yeah. He said it had twists. It certainly did. <laughs> you are not wrong. <laughs> Just tell him the truth. Yeah, no. It's good. It's good. Uh, are you ready to move into weekly verdicts? Yes, let's. Okay. okay. I'll go first because yours is going to be way better than mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let me just get mine out of the way. Really super quick. Uh, my weekly verdict is just finishing the whole first campaign with Alex for Critical Role. Yeah. When he watches the D&D thing. Uh-huh. Um, and, and it's, like, they have been playing it for, like, five years, but they've yeah. been recording it like that for, like, three. Yeah. Obviously, this is all past tense because, like, Alex is really far behind where they currently are. Like, yes. their stuff. Yeah. Um, I haven't um, watched it the entire time just because, like, they're long and everything mm -hmm. but i've known about it and he's been watching it pretty much since like the start of like quarantine and stuff yeah. and um i wanted to watch the very last like big bad evil fight and stuff and like what happens because i we we were driving from florida and i went and looked up the end because i wanted to know like what the end was and like yeah and i read this like really interesting article which is like that D, &D helps people process grief when they haven't even actually experienced it in real life oh and it's all really true and it's like very similar to like therapy and like acting like because all the people that play critical role they are voice actors and stuff or they do things like that but they one of their 
people dies and they don't get brought back. They're just gone. Like half, like towards the end, halfway through of this final episode, he leaves the table and his, his character's gone. Shit. And I haven't watched it for as long and I was like sobbing. Aww. He gives his goodbyes to like his girlfriend who he would marry and like his sister, when he got to his sister, I was like, no, I'm done. I can't, I just cannot do this. Uh-huh. And I was literally in the kitchen. I was like, I'm just gonna take shots because I can't handle this loss. And I come back and he's just missing. But it does the same thing where, like, those people playing that game, they agreed for a fictional character that to them felt incredibly real because they're playing with this person right. and they've been interacting. And I thought that was really, like, very, like, therapeutic almost. Like, yeah. that take on it of, like, people can experience loss without actually having to experience loss, essentially. Yes. And if you're in that state of mind, then it's it's, a, it's really interesting. It's a really good, like, therapy technique, honestly. Like, yeah. you could help people process emotions even if they haven't actually, like, lived through that right. experience. So. That's really cool. It was, yeah. And I super don't want to watch the second campaign and someone else die because, fuck, that was <laughs> sad you as crushed. fuck. Watching them sob about it. I was like, I can't do this. I can't. <laughs> I'm I was like, made for this. I forgot what I was sad, but I was like, you saw me cry when Derek came onto the beach. Like, I can't watch him. <laughs> I can't watch a brother just leave his sister behind. I can't do this. <laughs> Yeah, so I was a I was a wreck. Yeah. Didn't even spend all that time watching it like Alex Aww. did. Alex spent like hours, like over hours, like hundreds yeah. of hours, basically. I was like, I don't know how you're doing this, and you're fine. <laughs> I'm not okay. So yeah, that's my super dorky. Just fair enough. It's just interesting. That's good though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So my weekly verdict. Yes. Let's get to the exciting is things that I can actually talk about my. <laughs> super secret project that I've, like, alluded to multiple times on the podcast. For months. <laughs> for literally months. Um, because I just like to, you know, keep my business close to the vest until things are finalized. Yeah. Um, so I am opening an escape room business. It is called Getaway Games. I have a bomb-ass logo. She does. Um, I am on track to sign a lease for a space next week. Um, this is also why we recorded super early. Yep. This, so is, that, this is what this project has been this entire yep. time. So that whenever it's time to launch my business, I can fully focus on that. And you guys can still get the super fun content. So if this episode is... One Without of, Tiffany losing her head. I was going to say, <laughs> like I'm kind of around. <laughs> losing my mind. I think this episode is coming out on, like, October 1st, you said? Um, no, is this one the week on. before? I think it's the week before. Let me just double check. I can tell you. Um, yes, actually, so this one is uh, October 1st. Yes. So yeah. basically when this actually comes out, mm-hmm. it will be the day before my... Uh, business opens which is terrifying to think about it is yeah and um that's why we (laughs) re-recorded yep uh we just wanted to make sure you guys could get all of the content as per the usual can you talk about it um so it is a horror themed escape room uh it's spooky it's a pop-up for halloween specifically so for the month of october um I have a little Instagram that I'm going to start actually posting on now that we're getting closer and I have a space. It's also in Charleston. It is in Charleston. (laughs) Just in case anyone's here, you know. Yeah, if you guys are in town and you want to check it out, definitely do it. Uh, Tell your friends. Do all the stuff. I just plugged our podcast. So I just joined this uh, spooky Facebook group. Yeah. Basically. And someone asked about true crime podcasts, and I was like, yeah, I got this one. Also, we make drinks for our episodes. Bro, all the time. <laughs> that is me all so, the time. if Escape Rooms pops up, I can advertise yours as well. I <laughs> would love that. I will take all the advertising that, that so, we can get. you got to plug it here, too. So, yeah, I just – I got my official bank right. debit card. Yeah opened up and it's got it's legit business it's got now. getaway games on it and then my name and i feel like a real grown adult and it feels really crazy and weird um but it's been super exciting it's been super challenging in ways that i didn't even anticipate but i've learned a lot i feel like it's been great I'm for sh- me as sh- an individual pretty much doing it all alone i'm doing some stuff i have a very good support <laughs> system though you do but 
They're not. But, yeah. Yeah. It's, this is my baby. <laughs> this is your project. Yeah. That's this all you. This is my baby. You have people supporting you, but you don't have people, like, running it. Like, Measuring things with No, me. yeah, yeah. You're the showrunner. <laughs> yes, I You're am. You're the director, the writer, the producer. <laughs> it's what I do. It's just, it's just who I am, you know. So yeah, it's been it's been very challenging. It's super exciting though, and hopefully, whenever this comes out, I'll be listening to this episode while I'm uh, putting the final touches on before our grand opening. So yeah, that's what I got right now. You should. Uh, when when this episode comes out, the following day after it, you should make sure there's a link from our Instagram to that Instagram. Perhaps there will be. I don't know. Um, if also, we're guys... definitely going to advertise my wax melts at some point because I'm going to have Halloween ones. So. Yes. <laughs> also. Um, Things that apply. <laughs> if you guys want to know, like, my at is at Getaway Games Escape Rooms on Instagram. So, yeah. Look me up. I just like when there's, like, a little button I can click. It like, brings me to it. It's way. Uh, it is. And then I'll actually do it, like, when I'm reading. I'm like, oh, let me check this out. Oh, yeah, let versus me, me being like, fast. let me remember to type this let in. Let me put that in right now. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, that's my weekly verdict is that things are getting finalized. I have a contract signing coming up and I can actually, I can talk about it now. So there's no reason why I couldn't talk about it before except I was like, ah. what if something terrible happens? I don't want to have to explain to people why terrible things are happening. But things seem to be going along in a really great pace and things are looking good so yeah it's my weekly verdict getaway games escape games all those things escape rooms fun times business ownership definitely not freaking out at all so yeah um on to our first responders unit Mm -hmm. as always you can find us on our instagram at luminol cocktail pod you can find us on facebook luminol cocktail podcast and you can find us at our website which is luminolcocktail.com and we will be back next week to serve you guys another round of luminol cocktails